This is Pastor Chad. Welcome to the Bethesda Church Podcast. We are honored that you have joined us today. You can stay up to date with us at BethesdaChurch.tv or look us up on Facebook or Instagram. Now, let's jump in to today's message. How's everybody doing? Man, y'all look great. You need to buy my book. It's going to feed hungry children. My three hungry children. Amen. It goes on sale next week. I'll be here to sign those as you pick them up. I hope you'll buy yourself one, buy somebody else a copy. Uh, The book is a lot about the story of Bethesda, um, but the principles will help your marriage, your business, wherever you work. They're just principles we learned on this um, for nearly 14-year journey. And so I give God all the praise, and I'm thankful for all the people that helped made that, make this project possible. Uh, can we give God a praise for his faithfulness? I, I think that, that's in order. So excited to share the word with you. Hit somebody and tell them, it looks like you've lost 10 pounds. Looks like you've lost 10 pounds. You're like, I don't know if I should say that to him, Pastor. By faith, come on, tell him. You're looking good. We're going to dive into the Word of God. We are closing out our series entitled Spellbound today, and I'm excited about the message. Um, We have talked about in week one, we did a a message on spiritual warfare. We um, We called it, I'm in it to win it. Then in week two, we dealt with the Absalom spirit, a spirit that attacks leadership by muddying the water so that people won't drink from the flow. And then last week, we talked about the spirit of Cain, which is the killing spirit. How many know that our words either stem from um, a place of life or a place of death? And so we learned how that applies to our spiritual lives. And Today I want to deal with a spirit that maybe you've never heard of, but it's in your Bible, um, and it's called the spirit of Leviathan, and I want to call this message the twisting spirit, the twisting spirit. Galatians chapter 3 verse 1 has been the foundation of our series when Paul writes to the Galatian church and he says, you foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? That's where the title spellbound comes from because the word Bewitched means spell, charmed, or fascinated. But it means to be under a spell to the point that you lose the power to resist the enemy. That's kind of the foundation of the series. And when it comes to the Leviathan spirit, I believe that today's message is going to be transformational for you as an individual, transformational for you Uh, in your marriage, in your family, in your place of employment, the business you run, but also transformational as it relates to the ministry here at Bethesda Church. Um, I know this series has been extremely heavy, all right? I get it. I know when we bring a series to you that is heavy, but if you can hang in there today, next week we're going to change topics. I'm going to start a brand new series called When Hell Freezes Over, and it's a series on miracles, 
So I'm going to build your faith for four weeks in a row, okay? Uh, And we're going to believe God for the impossible. So hit your neighbor and tell them, hang on. All right, we got one more week of this series, but I believe it'll be transformational. I think it's important for me to say this because I haven't said it the entire series. We plan our messages about a year in advance. So this series was, was actually planned out in October of last year. I always find it amazing how that when you invite the Holy Spirit into your planning stages, how that when it's time to deliver that series or that message, how, the, how God uses it to transform lives. Um, this has been a, a, a year and a half. I mean, since March of last year, I think most of us would say it's been a crazy roller coaster ride. Numerous occasions I've been scratching my head and even said this, God forgive me, but I've said it during the pandemic. I think people are losing their minds. Has anybody else thought that? Like, I think people are crazy, you know, they're going crazy. And, and in some ways, I, I think that's true, but in some ways, I think they, are, they, they don't know it, but they're engaged in spiritual warfare, and, and they're not winning the battle, and so that's why we look crazy sometimes. Um, what God has done in this church and what God wants to do in this church, continue to do through this church, um, has stirred up the hounds of hell. You need to know that this church has made a difference not only in our region, but it's made a difference around the world, which means that the devil doesn't like it. And the devil always shows up where God is moving. He always shows up where God is moving. Um, Everyone say this with me. Say the word Leviathan. Leviathan. When we talk about the spirit of Leviathan, the twisting spirit, we have to first of all understand he is a hidden enemy. And as I go through the message today, some of you will see areas where you have fallen victim to the Spirit, and some of you, the light bulb is going to go off, and you're going to think, wow, this Spirit has used me. Uh, And that's okay, because it's not like judgment time or throw a tomato at you. This is, let's bring anything that's in the dark into God's light so it can be exposed and broken. That's what this is about. The Leviathan Spirit is a powerful demon. The Hebrew meaning of Leviathan means twisted or crooked. In Isaiah 27, 1, it says, In that day the Lord with his severe sword, great and strong, will punish Leviathan, the fleeing serpent. Leviathan, that twisted serpent. And he will slay the reptile that is in the sea. So this spirit is powerful, but I want you to notice how God responds to the Leviathan spirit. The Bible tells us here in Isaiah 27 and 1 that God deals with this spirit harshly and that he will punish it. We also learn that Leviathan is not only twisted or crooked, but he is the fleeing serpent. I'm going to get back to that a little bit later. The Bible says that God will punish him and take care of him, uh, this reptile in the sea. And this is so important, and you may say, well, Pastor, why is this important? Because I can't help you bind the strong man if you don't know who the strong man is. You got to first know what you're up against. You got to know what you are fighting against. And God says, I'm going to deal with this spirit very, very harshly. With a severe sword, I'm going to punish the twisted, fleeing serpent. This serpent is compared to a crocodile. If you know anything about crocodiles, they, they lurk underneath the water. 
waiting for their prey. They are in stealth mode. They operate in the shadows, so to speak. And crocodiles do not kill their victims by just eating them and swallowing them. They kill their victims by getting a hold of them and then twisting them back. Anybody ever seen like a documentary of how they actually kill their prey? There's constant twisting, and they twist and twist and twist until the breath and the life has gone out of their prey. And and so many scholars believe that the name Leviathan came from the Nile River crocodile that was believed to be 25 feet long. He was a man killer. And, and God says, I'm going to deal with this reptile. I'm going to deal with him in the sea. In Scripture, the sea, the water, or the rivers, it speaks of the people of God. It speaks of the church. You say, what does this mean? It means that this spirit operates around the flow of God. This spirit is not operating just out there. He wants to operate near a river of God, near a flow of God. He needs people in order to operate. In Psalm 46 and 4, it says, There is a river whose streams shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. The river is the church. We are the river of the living living God. Jesus said, he who believes in me, that up out of his heart shall flow rivers of living water. And so what happens when you and I come together to make up the church or the local community of faith, that when we come together, I bring my stream and you bring your stream. And together we get into the river of God. There is a flow to the move of God. But the enemy always shows up where there is a flow or move of God. How many know the enemy wants to show up where God's moving? I'm supposed to say this later. I'm going to say it now. The devil comes to church. The enemy comes to church. Not everybody that comes to church comes with good intentions. As a pastor, I've been gullible enough at times to think everybody comes because they just love Jesus. No, some people come because they love trouble and drama and like creating it. See, around the flow of God, there's a lurking enemy known as Leviathan. And God uses the crocodile to explain this spirit. In Job 41, we are given a complete description. In Job 41.1, it says, Can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue with a line which you lower? Can you put a reed through his nose or pierce his jaw with a hook? Now, you have to understand what, what he's showing us here is that this spirit is not one you play with. Not easily to not easy to deal with. In verse three, he says, "Will he make many supplications to you? Will he speak softly to you? Will he make a covenant with you?" You have to understand the Leviathan spirit. Anybody operating in it cannot commit. They're church hoppers. They can't commit. They can't do covenant. They do this marriage a little while. I'm done with that. I'll get a new one. I'll do this a little while, because not only is he the twisted serpent, but he's also the fleeing serpent, which means that he will create confusion, dysfunction, and destruction, and then leave and go on to his next place. That's how Leviathan operates. In verse 10 of that same text, for sake of time, I'm not going to read it all, he said, no one is so fierce that he would dare stir 
him up. Job 41.34 says, He beholds every high thing. He is king over all the children of pride. So now we get a, a glimpse as to what motivates the Leviathan spirit, and it is pride. And this spirit is sneaky. He hides. He can exist in your home, in your business, at the school, place of employment, your church, all because a lot of times pride is not easily detected. People that operate in this spirit, they lurk beneath the flow. They are behind the scenes. Dare I say it like this, they will have they, they will never have a discussion with you face-to-face, but they will have multiple discussions about you to someone else. That they never want to really deal with the issues or bring it to the light. You have to understand when it comes to spiritual things that spirits, hear me, attract spirits. Meaning, here, here's an example. You can have a nothing wrong with being wealthy. I hope. I I get really wealthy. I hope you get really wealthy. There's nothing wrong with that. Are y'all okay? You can take a wealthy person, show up, sit on the second row over here. And you can take another wealthy person who sits on the back row back over there and they've never met. Somehow, some way, those two wealthy people will end up in the mid-building connecting. Spirits attract spirits. Um, Some of y'all are confused right now. Um, Gossipers will always find the other gossipers. People that divide the community always end up with people that divide the community. How how about this? Leaders will be hanging around leaders. Worship, worshipers will be hanging around worshipers. Spirits attract spirits, and people connect with people that, that have a similar spirit. And so, What you have to understand about this spirit is that natural weapons will not work. The writer said strong and powerful, but at the same time, sneaky and hidden. It rules, I believe this spirit is one that rules cities and nations. This is not just an individual demon that you cast out and you're done with. This is a principality. This is a principality that rules over territories. And the spiritual world is extremely active. I know sometimes we think it's, I prayed about this and I prayed about that and nothing's happening. It just seems like God's not. But if you could see in the spiritual realm right now, how many, there is a battle happening. There is a war being waged. There are demons that are being dispatched, but there are angels that are being released by God. In the spirit, it is extremely active. That there are things going on over our lives in the spiritual. And one of the problems we have in the American church is that our lives have become so busy and so cluttered that we can no longer discern anything. We can't see spiritually what we need to see. But thankfully, God is placed in the church. He's given us gifts, offices, Ephesians 4, apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, and evangelists to Help us engage in a warfare and not only engage, but to have victory in that. And one of the things that I love about the the offices that God has given us, everybody loves the pastoral gifting. But I'm thankful that there's an apostolic gift. And I'm thankful that there is a prophetic gift. 
Because this spirit cannot operate around a prophetic unction, around a prophet. You know why? Because a lot of us, it would take us 21 days of prayer and fasting to discern that we're dealing with Leviathan or Jezebel or Absalom, but somebody underneath a prophetic anointing, how many of they can see that thing before they ever pray a prayer, before they ever fast 21 days, because they're able to see things that the average person can't see. And so they get it, and and this spirit will not function around apostolic and prophetic ministries. Why? Because they're going to be called out. Um, My primary gift is not pastoral. I'm a pastor, but I, I lean much more towards apostolic, towards I can set a house in order. I can tell you we need to do this and don't do that. Um, but a lot of times we just want the now I lay me down to sleep, pastor, hold my hand, get me through this season, and that's good. There's a place for it. But how many of there's also a time when you need someone that can set a house in order, that can give some direction, that can speak some vision, that can see, come on, prophetically, what are we dealing with? What are we fighting against? And so I want to give you some things about the Leviathan spirit to show you how it works. Number one, Leviathan is a formidable spirit. In other words, not something you just play around with. He said, can you draw him out with a, like, go and fit, I'm going to throw a hook out and catch He's like, that's not happening. This thing is big. It's powerful. He's also hidden. And most people do not want to tackle spirits like that. They don't want to deal with spirits like that. He is formidable, big, powerful, and hidden. Have you ever had a season in your life where you thought, man, my marriage is good, my job is good, my kids are healthy, life is going well, and then two weeks later, there's confusion and drama and dysfunction all around. And you're like, how can I go from two weeks ago, everything is good, and now everything is turned upside down. Anybody ever had a season like that? It happened quick. What happened? Leviathan stepped in because he brings confusion, and he's formidable. He's big, powerful, and hidden. You have to understand that Jezebel, I told you this last week, the Jezebel spirit will stop the rain, stop the flow. The Absalom spirit wants to muddy the flow. But Leviathan exists underneath the flow. And he wants to twist things. He wants to make things crooked. There are some people who have been willing servants of a Leviathan. Other, other people have been unwilling victims of this spirit. See, this enemy uh, will come to church. He's formidable, and you can't play with him. Secondly, Leviathan attacks with his tongue. The lying tongue, the gossiping tongue, rumors, false accusations, criticism, fault-finding, slander. Job 41.1, can you draw out Leviathan with a hook or snare his tongue? with a line which you lower. See, when Leviathan gets through, you have been bit and you have been damaged. But watch this, he's on to the next place because not only is he crooked and twisted, he's the fleeing serpent. He creates drama and then disappears. He creates drama and then leaves. He's the church hopper. He creates a mess and then leaves others to pick up the pieces. He attacks and flees, but I got some good gospel news 
for everybody today. He can be defeated. I need somebody to give God a praise right there. He can be defeated. He can be. Um, and you got to be careful because he's telling us don't play around with it. And some people just want to play around with the wrong spirits. And sometimes we'll do it in the name of Jesus and do it in the name of love. Well, Pastor, I just want to love Sister Bucket Mouth. And that's great, but sometimes you got to love Sister Bucket Mouth from a distance. Because if you don't, Sister Bucket Mouth thinks you are a garbage dump. That they can come and dump their lies, their criticism, their gossip, all their stuff. But you got to think more of yourself than that. You are better than being a garbage dump. You don't need to allow people to dump their trash into your spirit. Don't allow people to do that. Cut them off. If they come, if somebody comes to you to talk about another person who's not present, cut them off. How many's ever allowed someone else's opinion of someone change your perspective of them? That's wrong. You allowed what they said to automatically change everything you think about an individual. We have to be careful that we don't fall into the enemy's trap. See, James tells us that fire comes out of the mouth, that our tongue can set a whole forest on fire. And sometimes it's not even with truth. It's with lies or criticism or slander. That's how Leviathan works. Number three, Leviathan is the god of chaos. When this spirit is functioning, there's always chaos and confusion. You never feel settled. You never have peace. He twists the truth. He makes things crooked. He brings chaos in the family, chaos at work, chaos at the school, chaos in, in, in your church. He wants to bring confusion everywhere he goes. See, this spirit creates the confusion through miscommunication. And what I mean by miscommunication is that what Leviathan does is that he will come in after something has been said. Something's been said, but then Leviathan comes and instead of you hearing what was said, you hear something else. And I see this happen all the time. One thing was communicated, but something else was heard. Sometimes in a meeting, I'll end the meeting by saying, tell me what we talked about. I've had a lot of meetings that I thought ended one way and everything was clear, only to find out about two months later. They heard something completely different than what was said. What happened? Leviathan. What does that look like, Pastor? It looks like this. A husband comes home from a long day of work, and he's put in 10 hours, and he comes home. And his wife's been at the house, taking care of the house, the kids, cleaning, preparing the meal, getting everything ready. And he comes in, and from a very sincere place, he comes in the door, and maybe you're like me. You say, honey, come on, y'all smile. Say, how was your day? What, what did you do today? And it was a sincere question, but the wife didn't hear how, how was your day and what did you do today. The wife heard, so you think I lay around in PJs all day doing nothing. I have slaved. I have cleaned. I took care of your kids. And he's like, I honestly wanted to know 
what you did today. A few hours later, she comes back and says, take out the trash. And he doesn't hear take out the trash. He hears, I work all day long, bless God. And I come home and she doesn't value me. I bring home the bacon, she don't care. All I'm, worthy, all I'm good for is taking out the trash. How many, one thing was communicated. She actually just needed help, the bag's heavy. But he heard something else. One thing is communicated, something else is heard. And now we know why some people end up at divorce court and nothing ever really happened, but they're just picking and fighting and being harsh with one another, all because one thing is being communicated and something else is being heard, but today Leviathan's gotta be exposed and eliminated and broken because we can't allow that spirit to destroy families and businesses and churches, all because we are taking something that we've heard and we've twisted it. We've twisted it. We've turned it upside down. You're mad at your boss because your boss said, I need that report at 9 o'clock tomorrow. And he really does just need the report at 9 tomorrow. But you don't hear, I need to report at 9. You hear, he doesn't get what all I do and what I bring to the table. And he doesn't value me. And, and, and what you've forgotten is, is that he gave you the job. Your paycheck hits your account every single week. Y'all don't shout me down while I'm preaching good. Like, he's still honoring his end of the deal. Get the report done at 9 o'clock. That's what he needs done. If you can't clap for that, there's your issue. This thing will destroy your home. Pastor Jay said, preach it just like you did at 9. I think I'm going to be a little bolder at 11. See, this spirit will destroy your place of employment It'll destroy your house. It'll destroy your church. Why? Because he confuses things. He brings chaos. I preach every Sunday, and do you know who's at work while I preach? Leviathan. Some people have the audacity to leave a church service and say, well, Pastor Chad preached on me. You need to know that well over 1,000 people are either here or watching, and probably several thousand if we take in online. I do not prepare a sermon for an individual. Preaching is way more important than preaching to one person. If I need to talk to you, I can do that one-on-one. -on -one. But when I preach, I'm going to preach. But if it hits home, baby, if the shoe fits, wear it. Wear it. See, this spirit can be an operation. And, and, and what happens is, is that when it's an operation in a person's life, they cannot control their tongue. The problem is, is they don't, they control it in the one area they don't need to. They need to have a conversation, but instead of having a conversation, they're around behind the scenes like Leviathan, working underneath the flow, creating chaos. Creating confusion. The fourth thing, Leviathan stirs things up. I won't read it to you, but in Job 41, 30 through 34, just read that. I'll, I'll focus in on the verse we already read, verse 34, or 33, 34. It says, nothing on earth is its equal, a creature without fear. It looks down on all that are haughty. It is king over all that are proud. So this is the spirit or king over all those that are prideful. We know that Satan 
also known as Lucifer, is the spirit of pride. How many of the spirit of pride is why Lucifer was kicked out? It was pride. I won't be shocked to one day find out that Leviathan is actually Lucifer. It's the spirit of pride. And the spirit of pride manifests when you start saying things or thinking thoughts that sound like this. Who do they think they are? They are not as powerful as me. They're not as successful as I am. My business is better than their business. My church is better than their church. I mean, we're all on the same team. Why, why are we having those kind of conversations? You say, well, I, we operate in miracles and signs and wonders. That's great, but operating in miracles, signs, and wonders doesn't mean you're right with Jesus. Jesus said on that day, they'll say, did we not cast out devils in your name? Did we not lay hands on the sick and they recover? And Jesus is going to say to some of those folks, depart from me, I don't know you. So just because you've had some success, don't allow the success to go to the heart. Jesus said, many will say, we did all these things, and he will say, I never knew you. Leviathan is the king of the children of pride, and there are seven heads to pride. Proverbs chapter 6, 16 through 19, it says there are six things the Lord hates and seven that are detestable to him. And here's your seven heads. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, and watch number seven, and a person who stirs up conflict in the community. This is the person who sows division, creates division. See, that is where Leviathan lives. When you say, I don't agree with the leadership, and you say that out loud to other people, that's Leviathan. Because if you have a problem with any leadership, how many know you should talk to them? If you're out there saying, I don't agree with how they did this, and I just don't like how Pastor Chad did that, or I don't like how my boss done that, you are doing something God hates. And it stems from a spirit of pride. Listen for the language of pride in your life. I have to listen for the language of pride in my life. What does it sound like when I sing God moves? When I preach, the Holy Spirit really shows up. Look at what I've accomplished. Look at what I've done. What, it shows up like this as well. Why don't anybody take notice of my ability? Why don't they take notice of my talent? See, this Spirit will twist your heart through pride, and pride is nothing more than false confidence. Pride is when your identity is based on what you do instead of who you are. I'm going to say it again. Pride is based when your identity is, is, is found in what you do 
instead of who you are. My confidence should not be in what I've done or accomplished. My confidence should be in the fact that I am a son of the Most High God. Your confidence ought to be in the fact that you are a son or daughter. Regardless of what you've done, regardless of what you've accomplished, regardless of your success, my identity identity cannot be attached to that because the moment it is, when I can't deliver anymore, what happens? When I get old, what happens? If I get sick, what happens? My identity is not based on what I do, but my identity is based on whose I am. The spirit of pride will cause you and I to move ahead of where the Holy Spirit is. And when we move ahead of where the Holy Spirit is, we become, it's kind of independent, but it's also dependent, just dependent on the wrong source. Because when I get ahead, if the Holy Spirit is here, but I'm all into my feelings and what I do and my ability, and I get ahead of where the Holy Spirit is, now I have to be dependent on my gift, my talent. I got to be dependent on flesh. How many know that we should not be dependent on flesh? Anything birthed in the flesh has to be maintained in the flesh, but anything birthed in the spirit, God will uphold. So I don't lean on me, I need to lean into him. And so how how do I know if I'm operating in in the spirit of pride? How, How do I know if this is happening? I think about myself more than I think about others. It's an independent spirit. Listen, this spirit can't work within the framework of a team. Yes, some people, how do you work within the framework of a team? And you'll hear an answer like, um, you know, I do pretty good with a team, but I'm better by myself. Leviathan. If they can't work within the framework of a team. Leviathan has a desire to control others, not work with others. And so Jesus taught us something in Matthew 12, 25 through 28. It says, Jesus knew their thoughts and said to them, every kingdom divided against itself will be ruined. Every city or household divided against itself will not stand. If Satan drives out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then can his kingdom stand? If I drive out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people drive them out? So then they will be your judges. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I drive out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Notice that Jesus always had trouble with religious people when he casted out devils. And part of the reason he had trouble with religious people when he casted out devils is because he always, listen, he never did it privately. He always cast the devils out publicly. We're like, oh God, what's about to happen in here? Hey, church would be a whole lot better if from time to time we casted some devils out. That's not meant for a back room. That's not meant, listen, how many of you can't counsel the devil out? Counsel some people like a hundred times and they still just as messed up. It's like at some point you got to realize this ain't counseling, this needs cast out. And Jesus always did it publicly not in, and you say, well, why would he do that in public? I'll tell you why. Because that, there's an exchange of territory that takes place. Anytime the devil has been cast out, that is territory the kingdom of God is taking back into possession. That is something we should be celebrating. That is something we should be happy about. So how do we overcome 
Before I give you how we overcome, there's four quick things. But before we did that, you have to understand Jesus had four ministries that he did. He was anointed to preach, anointed to teach, anointed to heal the sick, and anointed to bring deliverance. Any church worth anything better be preaching, teaching, healing the sick, and casting out devils. The same four ministries of Jesus. Now, how do we overcome this spirit, the Leviathan spirit? Now, let me say this up front. This is not a spirit that you just cast out. This is not an individual demon. I just, you know, in the name of Jesus, be gone. This is a principality, which means there's things you got to do. There's things in your heart you got to deal with. It's the only way that you're going to have victory over it. So number one, you have to humble yourself. Hit your neighbor and say, humble yourself. Wrong neighbor, tell somebody else, humble yourself. You say, why, why humble you? Leviathan is the king over all the children of pride. This spirit cannot be defeated until you have first humbled yourself. And when you operate in pride, you open yourself up to your soul being hurt. You, you end up with soul wounds. And the reason is because you're so full of pride that when somebody wrongs you, you never get over it. Do you know that is a picture of a prideful spirit when you cannot get past something? It is a, I thought you were crucified with Christ. If you were crucified with Christ, then how does everybody keep hurting you? Woo! This is the gospel right here. How do you keep getting offended and hurt if you're crucified with Christ? And I get it. We get hurt sometimes, but that is not, we don't have a right to stay there. We don't have a right to live there. And, and a lot of times what we, we fail to see, and, and, and you can see this in Scripture. I don't have time to teach it all. But when we have soul wounds and there's pride in our hearts and we get hurt, not only does it open us up to be spiritually and emotionally wounded, but it opens us up to physical sickness. See, sometimes we, you know, we are dealing with cancer, and we need to pray, and there's treatment, and, and that it is what it is, but sometimes it's not cancer. There's a snake in your body. Not a physical snake. I'm talking about what Jesus referred to as a spirit of infirmity. I heard this story of a pastor, and he was having all kinds of health issues. And he went to doctor after doctor, and he got second opinion and third opinion. He took this medication, took that medication, and he was not getting better physically. And one day in prayer, the Holy Spirit said, you're full of pride. And started to remind him of the times when he said, well, I'm better than that preacher. Our church is better than that church. And the Holy Spirit began to cleanse his heart. And he realized that he had been operating in pride. And because of the pride, it had opened him up to soul wounds. And now physical sickness, that medicine could not help. And so he repented of, of the pride. He repented of his arrogance. And he got up and about an, he didn't even pray for healing. But about an hour after that prayer time where he really repented for the pride, he noticed that the condition in his body was gone. 
I wonder what would happen if we humbled ourselves under the mighty hand of God so that he could exalt us in due season and stop exalting ourselves and allow the Holy Spirit to do the exalting. I wonder what kind of healing would be released in the body of Christ if we would stop pride. All about us. All about what we want. We have to humble ourselves. Secondly, we have to do good instead of bad. I got a 5-year-old, 12-year-old, and a 14-year-old that can understand point two. Yet I pastor people that won't do it. What does that mean, pastor? It means that when I'm tempted to hate, I'm going to choose to love. When I'm tempted to curse, I'm going to choose to bless. When I'm tempted to hold a grudge, I'm going to choose to forgive. When I'm tempted to speak death, I'm going to choose to speak life. I've got to do good instead of bad. This thing can be broken through humility and by doing the word of God. Number three, forgive those who've wronged you. If you have anything against anyone, forgive them. You say, well, I'm waiting on my apology. That's not forgiveness. There's a lot of people wrong me that ain't ever coming back to say I'm sorry. I've had to come to grips with that. They're not going to say I'm sorry. They're not going to change. They're going to they're go to their grave with it probably. I got to be cool with that because forgiveness is not based on them coming and say, will you please forgive me? Because you know why people won't do that? Pride. Why we won't forgive? Pride. It's not based on if they come and ask for forgiveness. If you are saved, you have to forgive. I heard all my life growing up in church, there's only one sin that you can't be forgiven of, but there's actually two. The first is blaspheming the Holy Spirit was the one I was always said. If you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you can't be forgiven. And it's in the Bible. It says it. But there's actually two. When you refuse to forgive, Jesus clearly said you cannot be forgiven. So when I hold unforgiveness in my heart, I am choosing to go against the will of God. And watch this. I'm not saying you're going to hell, but you are positioning positioning yourself to end up in a destination you don't want to be. Because last time I checked, everybody in this room needs forgiveness. If I don't offer it, I can't receive it. You type A personalities, you got to forgive. I know y'all are dead set on, bless God, this happened and I'm never letting it go. You better, listen, God's not going to say, what's your personality profile? (laughs) Type A, type B, type Z, I don't care what your personality is. Forgive. Come on, slap your neighbor in the head and tell him, forgive. As the worship team comes back, I know, listen, this is a weird teaching, but, but here's the thing. This spirit has destroyed marriages, families, businesses, ball teams, churches, schools. 
and we've all been either victims of, of this spirit or we've, we've operated in it at some point. Number four, last thing, we have to repent and renounce this spirit. And the reason we have to repent and renounce is because pride is a sneaky spirit. You can't always see it. So we have to ask God to reveal the areas where we have pride in our hearts. The re- repentance actually keeps the king of pride from having access to your life. It keeps this spirit away. So we have to ask God to show us and, and forgive us where we thought it was all about us and our feelings and what happened to us. Listen, some people have been mad about the same thing for three years. Some people for 10. And the only reason you hang on to it is pride. You don't want to let it go. Because you think by letting it go, you're letting them off the hook. No, you're letting yourself off Leviathan's hook. Oh, I, y'all not hearing me today. You're letting yourself off Leviathan's hook. So we have to repent for allowing this spirit to control us. We got to forgive people. We got to humble ourselves. We got to renounce this spirit. And and I'm going to say this prophetically. This spirit is going to manifest in your life this week. You say, well, pastor, I don't want it to. Yeah, you do. Because this spirit only has power when it remains in the dark. So I don't want Leviathan showing up at my house. No, when he shows up, you got the information, you got the word, you got the anointing. He's going to come out of the darkness. He's going to be in light. He's going to be exposed and vulnerable. And as you humble yourself, do good instead of bad, forgive people and repent, guess what? He has no place. That's a good place to clap your hands right there. Come on, stand with me. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. The Bible says, When the enemy comes, and we quote this verse like, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you know, and then comma. It's not how the Bible reads. The Bible reads that when the enemy comes, comma, like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard. So what what do we do, Pastor? We got to say, God, help me to change. Help me to be humble. Help me to do the right thing. So I want to lead us in a prayer, but this is only me leading you and we're going to transition because at some point, you got to open up your mouth. At some point, you got to go to God in prayer. At some point, you got to say, Holy Spirit, shine a light on the areas in my life and in my heart that I need to deal with. So I want you to pray this with me as a congregation, and then we'll transition to open up these altars. But everybody say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I repent for allowing pride, gossip, slander, division, false accusations in my life. I repent of these actions. Forgive me, Jesus. I turn my back on pride. Forgive me for where I've been prideful. Forgive me for boasting. Holy Spirit, I ask you, to open up my eyes so that I can see the areas where Leviathan has infiltrated my home, my business, my place of employment, or my church. Jesus, I humble myself today 
And I ask you that you would renew my mind and my heart. Help me to humble myself, to do good, to forgive those that have wronged me, and to turn away from this spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 So be it. So be it. I said in the first service, and we ended up being here a while because the Holy Spirit began to move. And I just wanted to tell you that healing is being released in this house now in the name of Jesus. That God is raising up a standard against the enemy that has come against your home. Man, I see marriages being put back together. I see homes coming back together. I see peace coming into families that have not experienced peace in a long time. But we got to deal with this. And so what I want you to do, the worship team is getting ready to lead us. And I don't want to be, y'all just need to hear my heart. I don't want to be a church where we do step one, step two, step three, and go home. I, I'm, I, I don't want church like that. I don't want one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three. I want to see God move. I want to see the Holy Spirit wreck this place. I want to see the Holy Spirit invade your house, your place of employment. I want to see demons driven out. I want to see cancer being healed. I want to see the spirit of infirmity cast out in Jesus' name. And so here's what we got to do. Some of you are going to be real timid in this moment when I say the altars are open and you're going to sit there like this and act like you ain't heard a word from heaven. Let's not be so dishonoring to the Holy Spirit. Today you've heard a word from heaven and it's not because I delivered it. If Karen had delivered it, if Pastor Jay had preached it, if Pastor Jeremy had preached it, I'd have been the first person in the altar. I don't care who delivered it. It's a word from heaven. And so as the worship team gets ready to play, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit to show you. Show me where I need to repent. Show me where I need to make things right. Show me who I need to forgive because I do not want to fall prey to this spirit. I don't want my family to be impacted by it. And so I I think there has to be an action step. You say, what's that look like? Maybe you make an altar out of your chair. Maybe you walk around the building. Maybe you come and lay down. I think there should be an action step. Right now, people are already obeying. Right now, people are already obeying. Go ahead. Find a place to pray. you got to pray with your own mouth. It's got to come out of your heart. The corporate prayer was great, but how many know we all need to do a cleansing? We all need to get ourselves in the presence of God. Why? Because we don't want the flow of God's presence to be hindered. Come on, if you believe that, give God a hand clap. Give Him a shout. Worship team, come forward, come forward. Listen, find a place to pray. Walk around the building. Kneel. But let's spend some time in the presence of God. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bethesda Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by visiting bethesdachurch.tv give. We will catch you on the next episode.